It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. It is California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn, Rodney Strong Vineyards, and Davis Bynum Wines. We usually begin with Dan's cellar wine that he brings in, and this one is interesting. Oh, it's this a rosé from France. A, a rosé from France, which was which, which six years ago, when I first tasted this stuff, was the number one wine of the vintage, as far as I was concerned. It's a 2015 rosé. It was number one wine that I tasted the entire year. In, in terms of all the rosés. This is called Esprit Gassier. It's Côte de Provence. And after I tasted this wine, I, I bought six bottles of it. And then after about three months, I realized that all six bottles were gone. I didn't know where they went. They just, they just sort of <laughs> evaporated on me. So Funny how that happens. <laughs> it just so. happens strangely, you know. So then I ended up going out to, and I found up one last bottle on the shelf. And I bought it and put it in the cellar intentionally to age just to see if it would age. So I've never had an experience like this before. I don't typically age them for six years, but this is the wine. 2015. 2015, Esprit Gossier. Now, other rosés, you don't lay down for six years, I typically do don't age them that long. Yeah. And this one has lost some of its fruit. But, boy, the flavors are really good. It's Côte de Provence. Wow, it's there's a, a lot going on there's in a, that. Yeah, this is... Hmm. So it's a little on the backside. It's got a little bit more of the oxidative notes than I typically prefer, but this wine's loads of flavor. Now, this is mainly Grenache, and the reason that I aged it was I thought that the Grenache would hold it together, and it really has. It's nice wine. Harry? We don't usually have rosés here a lot, do we? We well, don't. we do, but they're, they're not aged, that's for and sure. And they've certainly not tasted like this. No, this one has got a little bit of that toast character. Yes. It's a little toasty. But I like it. It's, it's, it's got loads of fruit, and it's got a lot of stuff going on, like Steve said. And you say it's lost some of its fruit. As, as much fruit as I've tasted in there, you say it would be even more? It was, it was more, um, it had more personality of, of peach, fresh peach and dried peach when it came out on the market. Now it's lost most of the peach character. Now it's picking up a little bit of sort of roasted nuts. I would have loved to have tasted this six years ago, yeah. actually. Well, but this is good. Six years ago, we, and there are a couple of wines on the market right now. There's a wine called Domaine de Cala, C A L A, that is almost identical to this, but now it's a 2021 vintage. It's available at Bottle Barn, and they are doing a great job carrying some of the best stuff. I mean, there's Rosé's, his, his Rosé's selection over at Bottle Barn is unmatched. You spent some time earlier today at Bottle Barn. I spent Did you a couple not? of hours in, at Bottle Barn this afternoon, and, and it was really an exciting moment for me because I went up and down all the aisles and I found stuff I'd never imagined I would see, including some pretty expensive stuff. He's got some real high-end white burgundies that sell for 150 to 350 a bottle. Holy crap! And his are his prices are cheaper than anybody in the world <laughs> anyway. So. Uh, white burgundy is ludicrously expensive anyhow. But he's also got a lot of rosés now that are really exciting, including uh, Trienne rosé, which is the p- most popular wine uh, on his sh- store shelf right now. The Trienne, T-R-I-E-N-N-E-S. It's uh, south of France. It's uh, similar to this wine. This is the Gassier. But his, the Trienne is made primarily from Cinso grape, and it's a lot more like this wine. But it's fresh. It's young and, and delightful. And that sells for under 14 I don't think I've had a, 
old rosé like this, uh, 2015. I mean, maybe, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't think most I've of the rosés we taste. A few um, years, just a year or two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this one is more like a red wine in a certain way. In a certain way, it's yeah. like you, if you serve this with food, you would enjoy it as a red wine. And it has some of the tannin levels of, of reds. And I know it's a rosé, but that color is is interesting to me as well. It's copper. Yeah, it's a copper color, not yeah. a rosé, which you would think of. Which it lost some of it, it. lost some of its color in the cellar, but but my cellar is at fifty five degrees, and so this was held on, in reasonably good conditions. Now, if you find a bottle of this on a shelf, chances are it wouldn't have this kind of storage. But yeah. I would say that nobody's going to age them for six years. <laughs> Tell us some more about your adventures today at Bottle Barn. Bottle Barn's really got some exciting stuff, and the most interesting thing is that you, if you find designations that you never heard of before, the chances are they're going to be a bargain <laughs> because Barry specializes in getting stuff that nobody ever heard of. And the only reason he carries it, it's a great value to begin with. And then, of course, they discount the heck out of that stuff. So it's always reasonable. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss when I go in there. I have to make sure that my leave my credit card in the car <laughs> because I'm, in, I'm always in serious trouble when I walk through that store. <laughs> <laughs> it is California Wine Country with Dan Berger brought to you uh, by Bottle Barn and Rodney Strong Vineyards and Davis Bynum Wines. Any word from Greg LaFollette? He should be here in five minutes. I'm hoping that the traffic doesn't keep him from his appointed duties. <laughs> he, uh, of course, from uh, Alchemista Cellars. Uh, He's also got another brand called Greg LaFollette Wines, right. which is GLF. And I guess he'll bring one of those or something. I'm not sure. You know, we had, um, I had lunch with Greg a few weeks ago, and uh, he was talking about some experimental projects he's working on and one of those is a project that i'm involved in which i haven't talked about i'm making riesling this year and he's my winemaker so <laughs> i'm buying You're making riesling i'm making riesling in your bathtub no i let, let greg figure out where to put it <laughs> it's not going to be my bathtub but no he's going to be uh, uh so I, i'm contracting with uh, a grower up in mendocino county i'm getting about three tons of uh riesling grapes and then we're going to make some wine. We're going to see what happens. I didn't realize you made wine, Dan. I made wine in the 90s, late 80s and early 90s. I made Cabernet Sauvignon, and I still have several bottles in the cellar. Well, now I that could, doesn't surprise me. Well, I just yeah. <laughs> so if you want to drink one of those, we'll bring it to the studio. That That is a fabulous wine. We I would love one. that. Well, we did We did great wine. We, it was called Burger. Never got sold. <laughs> Never got sold. That was the whole point. <laughs> so now... Here's Greg. Just showed up. Say hello, Greg. Hey, man. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, Haven't just, seen you uh, in a long time. Tried to uh, cut my finger off with a uh, with a uh, a table saw. <laughs> uh, no, it was a chainsaw. <laughs> but oh, it's okay. still on. So uh, last couple of days been. I see a big in, bandage there on your <laughs> left index finger. Yeah. So uh, yep, it's uh, but it's still attached. So that's good. <laughs> He is Greg LaFollette. He's been in before. Haven't seen him in a while. He is with Alchemista Wines. Or now Marshall. And GLF. And GLF. Yeah. Uh, Alchemista is kind of rolled out now. Yeah, because we, I don't believe uh, when you've been in, in here before, we've talked about Alchemista. 
Yeah, that didn't survive the uh, pandemic, so <laughs> I've uh, rebranded myself as uh, Dan Knows to GLF, Greg LaFollette Wines, and uh, Marshall, which is devoted entirely to ancient vines. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah. So, And your background is pretty intense. Uh, you've done so much in your wine career. Uh, you tell everybody again how you all... How you got started in all of this? Well, uh, I'm a farmer, and uh, <laughs> so that's what I've done with my life. But I've also farmed grapes all over the world on five continents. I've helped uh, a bunch of brands get started, like uh, La Crema, Hartford Court. I've helped them. Uh, flowers, I built the winery there and planted the vineyards. Uh, tandem. Uh, Newton Unfiltered Chardonnay program. I was their consultant for two years. Uh, uh, done a bunch of stuff all over the world. So, uh, but I'm now doing my own uh, cellar work and vineyard work, which is what I prefer. I'm kind of retired from uh, international consulting, as I say it. <laughs> uh, that, that's hiring your sensory organs out to the highest bidder. <laughs> So uh, I'm, and now I'm on to, uh, after having raised six kids, my wife not only raised six kids, but put up with me as a winemaker, we're now uh, helping to raise a couple of grandkids. It's called reparenting. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It isn't. It's reparenting. So how long have you been in Sonoma County? Oh, since 1984. Wow. Which is when I started working with Zelma Long at Simi Winery. Dan? Zelma was quite the uh, adventure. She was a pioneer in so many different ways in Sonoma County, and uh, you got in on the ground floor with some of the best. Uh, were you there when uh, Mary Ann Graff was there as well? Oh, absolutely. Well, she had left and started Vinquery, so I was one of her first guests at Vinquery when we did the champagne opening of Vinquery. <laughs> so uh, I knew Mary Ann Graff very well. Uh, Saddened to say that uh, I was there at her um, celebration of life with it was like a who's who of winemakers, but I wore my uh, impeach Reagan uh, button, which was <laughs> very topical to the time. So yeah, and I wore some forty-year-old. I'm still clothes. wearing mine today. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, uh, that was the Iran Contra thing, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty funny stuff. Yeah. I know Dan would know a bit about that being a journalist. So, well, yeah. Well, uh, talk a little bo- more about uh, Alchemista. Uh, when when did that start? How did that roll out? Uh, you, you you have so many things going on, but what's the deal with Alchemista? Well, Alchemista basically was selling to Michelin restaurants and then getting uh, referrals from these Michelin restaurants, and that all went away during the pandemic. And all of our wines, like our least expensive Chardonnay was 60 bucks a bottle. And the Pinots were 75 to $120. And so when that didn't work out, uh, my partner, Pat, uh, Patrick Dillon, uh, took on the bottled wines and I did the uh, barreled wines. And so... What I have here with me right now is uh, my GLF label, which is all the barreled wines that were $75 to $120 a bottle, all wrapped into one wine, because I had like eight different 
uh, SKUs or eight different wines, and that was kind of confusing. So we put it all into one wine and made it at a price that was affordable to most people. So what are you charging for this? Well, on the website, it's $36. Uh, but uh, It's really a 60 or $70 wine masquerading. Yeah, that's what it was designed to be, 75 to 120 But uh, uh, I think that you can find it. Uh, we've sold to a couple of bottle shops in Florida where my uh, wife's family is from. So uh, we don't really distribute anywhere except for with a couple of distributors. And uh, I, I think you can get it there for like 32 or something like that off of those guys. I was Andre Chelefchev's last pupil. He was kind of the greatest American winemaker ever. He was everywhere. He, he, he consulted in Washington State. He consulted in Italy. He was, he's amazing. I mean, there's a movie in which Greg is a part of the movie about his life. Uh, yeah, and I, I even play the bagpipes in that movie as well. So, <laughs> Thank you, uh, by the way, for not bringing them in today. Yes, uh, that, that, that has been uh, listed I'm Italian. As, I hate bagpipes. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it, it has been described as a social distancing tool. At this <laughs> yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Greg exactly. LaFollette, we're talking about all his uh, stuff that he's doing. We shall be back with more of California Wine Country. Back to California Wine Country with Dan Berger and our guest, Greg LaFollette, who has been described in an article I'm reading as one of Sonoma County's most respected winemakers. You have a bottle in front of you labeled GLF. I'm pretty sure I know what that stands for. (laughs) You tell me. Yeah, it stands for Greg LaFollette. <laughs> so there is a brand that has my name on it, uh, LaFollette Wines, and I haven't been making those wines for many years. So uh, we decided to go ahead and start another Greg LaFollette brand, and this is it, the GLF Wines. And talk, talk about the brand. What do you want the brand to be known for? Well, I want it to be known for... The iconic, uh, what uh, the North Bay can really taste like and stand for. This is both Mendocino and Sonoma counties. It's all of my very famous vineyards that I've done in the past, like uh, Manchester Ridge and Oppenlander from Mendocino County, Haiku from Mendocino County, uh, Dunaw, now Mayfee, uh, Vanderkamp, uh, Hawks Roost, all from Sonoma County. These are all fabulous vineyards. Yeah. And formerly uh, 75 to $120 a bottle of wines that we all, uh, when uh, Alchemista did not survive the pandemic, we, uh, my business partner, Patrick Dillon, took the bottled wines, and he's still selling those under Alchemista. You can still buy them. But I took the barreled wines, and we made a blend wine that I was told by people smarter than me about marketing that you need something that's an entry-level wine. And so all of those wines all went into this bottling, which is on on my website, $36 a bottle. What are we sampling right now? This is the North Coast Pinot Noir, and it includes all the vineyards that I uh, just described uh, from Mendocino and Sonoma counties. Very high-end wineries where... Uh, you probably some of them you can't touch for under sixty seven hundred dollars a ton. So, uh, but really nice wines and the blend came together really nicely. This is a twenty nineteen, and 
it's really it's it's fruit driven, but the one interesting thing about this wine is it really has a Burgundian lilt to it. It has that personality of Burgundy, and you don't you never ever see that for anything less than forty five dollars a bottle ever. And this wine at thirty six is like is like a steal because the the flavors go on and on and on and the best part about it is it's so young it's going to be better in about six months to a year and a half and the problem for most Pinot Noirs like this is that this would cost you 65 or 70 at the very least and most people don't want to spend that kind of money and when they see it at 36 they they don't trust the fact that there's enough fruit in the wine this is all fruit driven yeah, a good portion of this is done with carbonic maceration from Jim Pratt's Hall Vineyard, and 4% is Pinot Meunier, which is normally a sparkling wine grape, but uh, there's about 10 of us who do it as a, a table wine in the United States, and so 4% of that is in here. Yeah, this is a really dramatic wine. For for the money, it's ridiculous. So what a value. What are you putting out other than this Pinot? Well, uh, GLF is uh, is all about Pinot and Chardonnay. All the Pinot and Chardonnay vineyards I've been doing since since I started Flowers, the same vineyards, and also since I helped to start La Crema and, and Hartford Court. In fact, uh, some of my best vineyards came from La Crema and Hartford Court when they dumped those vineyards. So there's the Lorenzo Vineyard, the Kent Ritchie Vineyard, which is now one of the most famous vineyards, uh, Chardonnay vineyards in America, the Porter Bass Vineyard. They dumped all those, and I kept them, and I have them you know, uh, in my portfolio all along. So, yeah. How could you not have brought a Chardonnay into Steve? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, this is the only wine that I had. I actually had just uh, been to the doctor to look at my uh, my damaged finger that I tried to saw off with uh, <laughs> with a chainsaw. You succeeded badly. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I still have all ten digits attached. So uh, and was driving around and and I actually had forgotten about my conversation with. Dan Berger about uh, being here and he called me up just a few minutes before five and says are you going to be here I said well I'm going to go right now so <laughs> so we're not going to blame the traffic we won't blame the traffic well, Tra- the traffic it, was it, bad too it is Sonoma <laughs> County after all yeah, true <laughs> Dan talk a little bit more about Greg well Greg is and I don't want to embarrass him he's sitting right here uh, but Greg is a really uh, uh, technically sound winemaker, way beyond the normal technically sound. This is a guy who has had so much experience in this industry that he has solved problems for people all around the world. And it's it's interesting to, to taste through his wines, understanding all the techniques that are uh, what is are part of his uh, uh, arsenal. Uh, of making wine and it's really fascinating it always seems to me to come back to the quality of the grapes greg doesn't choose anything that's less than a plus quality in terms of grape variety therefore when he's making a wine whether it's french colombard he's making a chenin blanc whatever it may be it's the best grapes he can get his hands on and then 
comes in the techniques that are only part of the arsenal of somebody who really understands the mechanics. Greg, I'm reading an article about you, and it says that you accessible premium wine brand is your focus here. What's important about making a premium wine accessible? Well, uh, I'm I'm part of the. Uh, uh, the group that uh, when we went to school at UC Davis were saying uh, it's it's almost like the ecclesiastical um, I was in the seminary or is God so powerful that he can make a rock so big that he, even he can't lift it well <laughs> I'm thoroughly confused right okay. now. <laughs> so our question was are we going to make wines that are so expensive that we can't afford to drink them and that was kind of my uh, yes uh, answer to that. But so now GLF and Marshall, which is all about ancient vines and the preservation of historical vineyards, uh, two different brands, is all about making wines that are within striking distance so that even I can drink them. <laughs> Talk a little bit more about Marshall. We haven't talked about that particular brand. Marcelle is named after my wife, Mara, and my business partner, Kevin's wife, Michelle. So Mara and Michelle, Marcelle, in older French, it means a little step up. It's uh, not that, it's not old French, but it's kind of like, uh, we would say, gee willikers, and no one would really know what that means except for us older guys, right? So uh, Marcelle means a little step up, and it's devoted entirely to ancient vines. And none of these vineyards I sought out, they all came to me. So I figured I, I needed to do this because my wife not only raised six kids, she put up with me as a winemaker. So I And the Mar- Marcelle is under the Marcelle label. You can find a, a French colombard that is to die for. A French Colombard yes. that is to die for. Absolutely. Well, there's nobody who's making French Colombard besides Greg anyway, but that's fabulous wine. <laughs> Where would one find Marshall Wines? Well, you'd have to go to marshallwines.com, M-A-R-C-H-E-L-L-E, wines.com. We really aren't in – I only make 50 to 150 cases of each one of my – wines so they're really tiny productions and i make them primarily for people who want to celebrate life and family and friends which is how we make the wines so uh go to our website uh i think we're working with bottle barn to get maybe the north coast pinot that we're tasting in uh but we are just simply not very widely distributed because we don't make much wine how about a website for glf uh, that would be uh, glfwines.com, uh, but uh, there's also a link on Marshall as well. I'm not a very good seller man. <laughs> uh, I'm a good sellerman. I, I do most of my own seller work myself. And, C-E-L-L-A-R versus S-E-L-O-E-R. Yes. Uh, so uh, my wife and I have done our own seller work for years, and now we have Evan Damiano as our associate winemaker helping us. and. We do all our own cellar work and vineyard work. Dan, final thoughts on Greg LaFollette. Greg's one of my favorite people in this world. He's Not only is he a talent, but he has such a passion for wine. And with those two qualities, nothing he makes is mediocre. It's all high-quality stuff. Greg LaFollette, GLF Wines and Marshall Wines, thanks for joining us on California Wine Country. You know what? It's my pleasure, and thank you so much for telling the stories about wine because guys like you 
are our heroes. Thanks for telling the stories. Oh, thank you kindly. That's it for today's California Wine Country.